0: You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. This
0: has the distance. It
1: is good! You believe
0: that? Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan.
1: Hey, Grump. How you doing? Are you still... In mid-revelry over the Guardians' big victory yesterday at MetLife Stadium?
0: That's right. It's just Guardians' podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I heard that MetLife was hopping. It was an <laughs> enthusiastic crowd. For, for real, for real. From from people who were there. that it, the, the small crowd was enthusiastic and loud and yeah. into it.
1: There was about 17,000 people and with everything – Related to Vince McMahon, I have to put pour huge grains of salt on how many people were actually, you know, character actors that were there.
0: Yeah. I, mean, because, I wondered about I mean, that let, myself.
1: I mean, let's think about this for a second, you know, and it's going to talk about why this is kind of a big waste of time for everybody. You know, well, it's not you if you enjoy on, it. Just say well, that. If you just want to watch and enjoy, it, that's fine. Okay. Well, let's go, I'll, I'll break into the break the bigger picture then. It's just. This isn't very good football. It's football that was thrown together at, at the last minute pretty much. And, you know, it, it's players you don't know who they are in teams you have no background in. So, you know, seeing people on the sidelines just going crazy over first downs and just all decked head to toe, it's just, it's just kind of silly. And that makes me think that part of the people that they're showing on TV are, again, they might be character actors. Uh, I, I think you know I think the xFL is going to go the same way as all these other leagues have tried and failed uh, you know the same thing happened last year it's just you have to have a real wanting to love the game of football to watch this and to miss football I mean I think their first miscalculation is starting it right after the Super Bowl you know we, we, we just went through a 16 game schedule Uh, schedule over 17 weeks followed by four weeks of playoffs after following the draft and free agency and training camp. And right away, you know, we're all of a sudden shifting gears to a far, far, far inferior product. You know, the talent isn't as good. The preparation isn't as good. Um, I'll give the XFL credit, though. They tried to play this like a real league. I mean – The one back in two thousand one was a complete joke. It was it was silly. Such
0: a joke, yeah.
1: It was it was really really silly. It felt like watching some bad B movie, Um, but you know at least everything about it tried to be serious. You know the broadcasts were serious. The announcers were serious. um, You know the play seemed serious. Um, It's just not good, and it's just you know I, I don't I don't miss football. Football enough to say God, I wish I can sit around and watch, you know a random Houston-Seattle game. I mean, this is the time of year right now where everybody's starting to focus their attention now into what's really going on in basketball and hockey. You know, spring training, pitchers and catchers reported today. I mean, it's just... Oh, I mean, that's not... Well, besides... Well, okay, okay. So... so you, Grum, a very big majority of people listen to this show are baseball pitchers fans. Pitchers
0: and catchers is not
1: a thing. Sure it is.
0: It's, it sure it is. Watch it. Nobody At watches point, it.
1: My point is people are getting – starting to think about baseball. They're not watching – That's
0: fine. But there's no product to watch. That's something you scroll through Twitter and hear about.
1: Yeah, but but you're you're starting to get into baseball mode. You're not in football mode and it's just – Right. No, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is
0: where is the better time to launch a league? Because I agree with you that jumping from Super Bowl caliber to – Like junior college, not junior college, but it's it's not as exciting as NCAA football. Even even mid tier or whatever. Um, I I get your point there, but now I'm trying to think of where the better time is, where it's not competing. And this seems like the smartest time against the competition because baseball, you know, and and basketball and hockey are played kind of every night of the week. Kind of. I mean, they're in little
1: series. Um, That's true. But I mean, really, though, the XFL is something where, you know, if it's a Saturday and you have nothing going on, you're going to watch it. Nobody is canceling plans to sit home on a Saturday or Sunday or watch this. You know, yesterday was the first game ever, and they had 17,000 people. And traditionally, new ventures like this, attendance, peaks in the very beginning, especially in a market like New York – where there's, there's a curiosity factor, but you know attention spans drift very quickly away. Sure, so, especially
0: after bad product. I, I mean, I watched one game, I didn't watch Game Sunday, watched a game on Saturday, and it was not very good football. I mean it, yeah. it, it seems to be catered in a way to make it more exciting. And I mean, did anyone really expect that the first week is going to show the best of every team? No, no. but it's got to get better if it's going to survive
1: their chance for success and i've said this on other shows before is they have to hope that people will gamble on it it's another outlet to they gamble they do
0: seem to be leaning into that too
1: they do and it's it's a smart move by them i mean degenerates will gamble on anything mm-hmm. they'll gamble on if you are allowed to gamble so if you know if this is something that as long as they know it's not rigged or fixed you know people will gamble on it and the sharps who actually will pay attention to this and really study it will have a competitive advantage over the normal ham and eggers who may just bet on a bunch of NFL games and have no knowledge of this new league, especially in the beginning. But right. you know, as far as your average fan, you know, this type of thing works in second tier markets. You know, you may see a place like if this was in, you know, Birmingham, or this was in Louisville or something where, or Jacksonville even. You know, it's to say an NFL market where they kind of like, you know, people get into stuff like this. It represents their town, blah, blah, but this is New York. This is not a minor league town. You know, the MLS, you know, doesn't do that well relative to other markets in here. And you know, they've had arena football come and go here really quick. They've had other things kind of blow in and out of here, and it just doesn't last very long. So I. It's a distraction if you're sitting around on a, a Saturday in in March, if you're not watching the tournament, you're not watching spring training. But I don't know. I I, I don't need football in my life. You know, fifty two weeks a year product. Even if it's something about a team, early I don't care about, and the product is pretty shitty.
0: Yeah, I will say this will probably last longer than the AAF, which folded due to money issues. Vince McMahon has much much deeper pockets. Um, I mean, the AAF was kind of having trouble getting checks out to players before it folded. So I, yeah. don't, I don't anticipate that being the problem this year, um, but I agree with you. If, if the product doesn't get better and become exciting, then no one's going to care. And I thought it was really interesting that seven of the eight teams already have an NFL team. I thought that was weird. I, I was unsure why they invested so heavily in already established markets but
1: well they know those are big football markets you know the prices are a fraction of what they were you know i mean sure remember if you are if you live in seattle your chances of just buying a seahawk ticket are not very easy you know the jets and giants suck right now but usually it's pretty hard to get tickets for a giants game or you know even a jet game for a family of four so It is a low-cost alternative, and these are proven football markets. And you know they're the New York, L.A., Houston, D.C., Seattle. What do they all have in common? They're big TV markets. You know, I mean, the people in New York are not watching if it's not anyone from New York here. I mean, this probably the ratings are probably horrible anyway. But if I have any hope for it. Um, I, I just think it is one of these things where, you know, when you start following stuff like this, you have to kind of have some sort of attachment. And I think, you know, not knowing who any of the players are, having no history with these teams, that hurts it in the beginning. And the product will get better throughout the season because they'll just start playing together more. But ultimately, it's going to take more talent and an infusion of stars. People come to life. like if Johnny Manziel was in this mm-hmm. league, people would watch more. If Tim Tebow is in this league, people would watch more. If Ocho Cinco is in this league, people would watch because they want to see stars. I mean, when you're seeing, you know, the biggest stars really are the coaches, if anything, like Bob Stoops and Jerry Glanville, who has, Mm -hmm. you know, he's an 80-year-old man with five-year-old hair. I mean, that's, nobody watches for coaches. You know, it's so, I don't know. I think the only hope ever for a league to kind of survive that's a non traditional league is something if the NFL itself invests in and makes it a pure development league where they have the resources. Sort of like what the G-, the G League is for the NBA and for some extent the WNBA is. They're just going to commit it because they want it to be a development for the excess players that don't make these rosters. And they just were willing to absorb loss after loss of of money. I this I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with all that.
1: Yeah. Last, last thing I want to talk to you about about this before we move on to you know real football. Well, if you want to consider the Giants, real football, um, some of the rule changes were kind of interesting. Um, if you notice the kickoffs. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It, I think it was a punt. I didn't think it was even a kickoff. No, it's a, a kickoff, like, but they it it can't be a touchback. It can't go
0: out of bounds, so it has to be returned. Right. But there's no running head start. I think they start at like the thirty five, and they can't well, run. Well, until well not it's only caught. that,
1: they both start, but like both lines are way downfield. Yeah,
0: yeah, at the thirty five or so.
1: Yeah. So that that was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, and, the, and the other thing, which I love. And I hope the n f l adopts this. There is a replay guy who can buzz down and say, "Stop the play, stop the game. I'm going to go back and look at this again. I have enough that I want to look at this a second time
0: There's also a referee and, whose entire job is to put the ball in the right spot, which seems like a yeah. no brainer
1: well they, they they're one of their axioms of this league is to make the game faster right and they want they specifically want to do that so they get less Time, I believe there might even be a running clock for part of the game. Some too. of the clock
0: management shits a little weird. I, I noticed that the the clock stops all the time within the last two minutes, and the last two minutes right. are really they, they, fucking dragged. But uh, the the, yeah, the play they, clock really is drag. like half. It's like twenty five seconds.
1: Yeah, I mean, what they really want to do is they want to make they want two minutes of a half and a and a game to be exciting, and they want as many plays as possible and they also want you to run the ball too. Yeah. Like use your whole, you know, arsenal in in those late things. So, you know, these, you know, secondary leagues, sometimes you see rules come out of secondary leagues like the three-point shot in the NBA came from the old ABA as a gimmick then and now it's, you know, a staple of the league. So, maybe something will come out of this that will actually, you know, be good for the NFL down the line, but um I don't know. You know, if I have nothing to do on a Saturday and I see something on TV, I'll, I'll watch it. But uh, I'm not making that trick up. Trip out to the Meadowlands for? I mean, it's hard enough going for giant games.
0: Well, it takes a real yahoo to watch uh, to, to to cancel plans to watch that. But then again, we're here <laughs> going to talk about uh, the New York Giants roster as it stands today, and what you know spots are a little lacking. And it's February. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe we're yahoos ourselves.
1: Maybe. Well, I mean, the roster itself, if we're going to start with our 100,000-foot view looking down on it, I mean, I don't think this roster is as bad necessarily as their record indicated last year. I think this roster has some green shoots of talent, but like all bad teams, it suffers severely from a lack of depth. And I think that's part of the job that Dave Gettleman has to do in the next one to two years is in addition to building frontline talent is depth, depth on the offensive line, depth on the defensive line, depth in the secondary, you know, depth at wide receiver, that's almost as big as, as a job is going to be to get higher in talent of your starters. So it's not a complete loss, this roster, but the, you know, there's obviously a lot of work to be done.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you could see certain spots where there is a bit of talent already. Um, like, just jumping off the page, obviously, defensive line. There seems to be plenty of talent and some backups. With, between Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence, R.J. McIntosh, and, and um, Chris Slayton, even, I think, is a guy that will emerge. I mean, he's primarily a run-stopping guy, but he's part of that rotation. And... uh he didn't play at all, I don't think, last year. I think he was on practice crowd all year. But I, I watched him at Syracuse, and I thought that he had NFL talent. It just guys like that take a year. You know what I mean?
1: It's a, it's a, it's a steady group, and I, and we'll say this now. We are going to get in-depth with all of these position groups as we go on between now and the draft. So we're, this is not going to be it. We're just kind of looking at everything at a first pass right now. Um, I think this is one of those positions that probably needs to be augmented with an elite guy to kind of be the leader of this group i mean there's a lot of again solid guys but nothing spectacular but there is some depth also which is you know a good start for this team
0: yeah and and you know augment is a really good word augmented supplemented it needs a speed rusher on the outside which you know i think every giant fan knows that there's a severe lack of pass rush coming from the outside And and speed in particular is something that's missing from this team. Yeah. You know, they've done things with middle round draft picks that I think are good. I think they got good value out of them with Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Ziminis. But those guys are going to be rotation. They're not going to be. uh, like game changers. I no, mean, if, no. you, if you put him on the field with a game changer, he might rack up some stats. He might, you know, complete some plays, make it happen. But we know in the game of football, it is the biggest team sport there is. And if by having a game changer, when all the attention is diverted to them, other players show up big. Mm-hmm. So are they good picks? Are they good pieces? Absolutely. But there's a big piece missing from that, that defensive front.
1: Right. We think this defense, and we both agreed with this, it was, it was a perfect storm of why this defense was really bad last year. You know, The lack of pass rush did not help at all a very, very young secondary. Uh, a defensive philosophy that was not tailored to the talent on the field and the inexperience in the in the secondary also hurt that secondary. Uh, just guys that were brought in to quote unquote knew the system that were probably past their prime and past their you know their skill set usage you know inhibited this secondary as well. So there's a lot of reasons why this defense was as bad as it was, and it's not solely because. Lack of talent. Roster talent. Yeah. yeah we 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 see some you know, in the secondary there's there's young talent there we think is going to step up at some point, but you know, they were put in a very bad position by a multitude of reasons and it's as bad as it could end up being, other than having everybody hurt, is what you saw last year.
0: Yeah, and the secondary is a good example. I mean, between Baker, Beale, Love, Haley, Ballantine, Peppers. Uh, Even Sean Chandler to a certain extent. Those guys, I think, all have good talent and can play a good role in this defense. But again, all very young, and uh, it seems that maybe uh, the scheme wasn't really tailored to fit their their talents. Now, it's interesting that we mention that because we don't know what the scheme is. We don't know anything. There's a whole new coaching staff. So guys like, like Wayne Gallman, who got inexplicably no playing time, even when Barkley very. was 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 hurt, and and he didn't perform badly when he did show up. I mean, he actually played very well. Um, he comes in with a completely clean slate. Now he may have been buried on the depth chart with Pat Shermer's offense, but this is Jason Garrett's offense now. This is Joe Judge's team now. Those things don't matter. Mm-hmm. He goes in and impresses. I have to imagine that he'll get some playing time behind Saquon Barkley, or even at the same time as Barkley with a two running back backfield. Who knows?
1: Well, it's interesting that, you know, for being buried on the depth chart all the way as he was, he is still on this roster. Yep. So, you know, that's not something that, you know, uh, Dave Gettleman decided to cut him when he wasn't being played last year. Just yeah. take the uh Take the cap hit. He's still on this roster. So, you know, again, we will probably never know, you know, the inner workings of the relationship between Gettleman and Pat Shermer at the time. So, you know, but the bottom line, he is still here. And he is going to get a second chance to be the backup running back on this team. Um, one thing you know, I want to talk to you about Grump is you know we're going to have all of this money, mm-hmm. you know we're going to have all this salary cap money for next year. Where do you see the best use of the cap? Now let, let's start with free agency because that always happens before the draft, and it's a a tradition like no other, where every time the grump always says, who are the five guys we're going to draft? And I always have to say, let's talk about free agency first. So let's talk about free agency first. Where do you see the majority of the money being spent this year on this team?
0: Well, I mean there's two ways to take majority. It is, is that in total dollars or is that in uh, investments into the position in that maybe I spend $20 million on an edge rusher but I spend – Five million and five million on two guys playing the inside
1: linebacker position, where the majority I, is the I, I think, of people. So, wh- yeah, what are we what are we investing the most in? Like for people wise, because you're right. You know, if we get one S rushers, it could be twenty million or one right tackle that costs something. I mean, wh- and then also that kind of goes into my second point. Part of this question is what do you see being addressed more for free agency than you do for the draft? What do you see as like? A need for an immediate fix and you know, to help right now or something they can address with free agency that can be nurtured a bit. So there's not an immediate need for it.
0: Well, I guess I'll answer your question with a question though, which I, I know is douchey. But um, <laughs> is the smart play now to be fixing something immediately or taking the best player that's available in free agency? I mean like it that's that's more of a a question of status. Where is this team? Are we in a position now where we need to be filling things immediately and making a run at things or are we in a position now where look, you know, maybe we plug a hole at right tackle with, you know, a medium talent because we that's all we need to move forward on the offensive line or maybe we really just invest in a long-term deal with a guy for 5 years to Play free safety. I don't know. I'm pulling that out of a hat. So I mean, it, it all comes in your approach to free to, to free agency. Mm. Um, if we're doing uh, it the I, smart way, which in my opinion is you take the best guy that's available. Um, I, I it's going to depend well, on the free agent class and who's available.
1: Yeah. Well, the good thing for the Giants is they have a lot of money, so the decision doesn't have to be how are we going to spend what little money we have. You know, they don't have to be as Selected, they can spread the money around a little bit. I think, you know, my thing is always going to be offensive line. Yeah. And I think that if they spend a lot in the offensive line, the most important thing right now for this team, for it's, you know, over the next five to seven years is Daniel Jones. I agree. With it's you. his development. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily saying you're spending with the goal of competing for the division, the playoffs, the Super Bowl next year. I'm talking about. I want to be in a position where Daniel Jones is protected as soon as he is, he can be, mm-hmm. and also kind of having Saquon Barkley having the best ability to run the ball as soon as possible. I agree with that. To, I agree with you. You know, So I, I, that to me is – if I'm going to make a big splashy hire, something I think that free agency over the draft, You know, if I have the ability to get a really good right tackle – I think I would do that right now. I mean that's not to say I would not draft Lyman because I, I think – Right, know, yeah. I think you, you can't, you, you, just, you at can't that, just build on – yeah.
0: I, I think with the offensive we're line, gonna, you you can double up right now. And and for yeah. that reason that you're saying it, – it, for t- two reasons really. The first reason is uh, it needs help pretty badly. We're probably changing yeah. offensive systems that involves uh, maybe less zone blocking. I'm not really sure. Um, but mm-hmm. we're probably going to need different talent – but you're also going to need extended talent, right? Because if we're prioritizing protecting Daniel Jones, then not only do you need talent for this year and years beyond, but you need talent in in depth. And you know, when mm-hmm. when Nate Solder can't play left tackle, you've got a guy that can go in there and not embarrass himself and get Daniel Jones killed. Mm-hmm. And right now, we don't have that. There is no left tackle competent on this roster behind Nate Solder.
1: And, and, and that's why – and we both agree that why you saw Nate Solder so bad last year is probably because he was hurt but had to play. Mm. I mean everybody always says bring the other guy in. The other guy can be far, far worse. And the coaches are not dummies. You know, they evaluate 75 you know, percent of Nate Solder, which might be unacceptable – is still better than 100 percent of some bozo off the street who's going to fill in. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: and and the the health of Daniel Jones is going to be. Uh, look, we already saw he's not Eli Manning. He's already missed time due to injury. Okay. Um,
1: nobody's nobody's Eli Manning. Absolutely. In
0: that no, I know. But I mean, Giants fans need to get out of that delusion. No, it's not delusion. It, it's it, it's privilege. It's Giants fan privilege. Um, I I mm-hmm. think even if we talked about it every single game he played. We're still taking for granted just a little bit how big that is that he never missed a game, so yeah, uh, it, it it can't be overstated in my opinion. And Daniel I mean, it's, Jones it's will something not be that, that guy; he just won't.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Think of all the of the last twenty years, the quarterbacks, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron, Rodgers. Ben Roethlisberger, all of these guys, Aaron Rodgers, all missed Time. significant. Yeah whether it's, you know, one season or multiple seasons of being injured. You know, it's going to happen. But the question is, you know, how do you minimize that? How do you, you know, protect the most you can for something? So, you know, and also just for his development too. Forget even keeping him healthy. It's just the development. You know, having a quarterback that's constantly running for his life or a quarterback that just doesn't have the time to you know, make his reads – or you know, his progressions, or dropping back at enough time that he has. You know, if he's constantly on the run or constantly has a shorter, you know, that impedes his development. All of these, you know, fumbles he had last year. Several of those fumbles weren't because he just has butterfingers. fingers. It's because he got drilled before he was ready to throw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that, you know, a, a competent offensive line will, you know will help mitigate and the big crime of Jerry Reese was not beefing up the offensive line in the final third of Eli Manning's career. Beefing up? It wasn't even
0: trying to invest in it. It was a sheer neglect. That's
1: what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that will not happen again with Dave Gettleman or whoever the next GM is or the GM after that if Daniel Jones is here for quite a while.
0: And it's interesting that we talk about Daniel Jones' health because – a topic of discussion will be Alex Tanney. Now, Giants fans all decided to quibble back and forth about the purpose of keeping Tanny on the roster last year and none of us really know other than what was said was that he was invaluable in the film room and he really helped with, you know, Daniel Jones's development behind the scenes, things like that, maybe at the bench next to him. Who knows? But again, this is a whole new coaching system. Alex Taney will not be in the favor of Jason Garrett immediately. He will have to prove his worth. I mean he's under contract. So he's going to either stay or get cut. So
1: – Well, the difference this year is he's going to be – if he's here, the backup, not the third string quarterback. Remember, yeah. we had a backup last year in Eli Manning. Yeah. No, no, no. I, a guy who was ready to yeah. come in. I mean, Alex Taney was a luxury last year or his role was a luxury. Next year it's a necessity.
0: Yeah, exactly. and And – not for nothing, but people who think that we can just cut him need to understand that he's probably the cheapest backup quarterback in the league right now. So you're spending money on a backup, period. So if, if you right. if you think cutting him is just a no-brainer, I think you're wrong. Um, if he can and, show and also, whatever what- he showed past – Pat Shermer to Jason Garrett is his value as a a backup, which I don't know what that is. I'm not saying he has anything like that. I'm just saying if he can show whatever it was that he convinced Pat Shermer of to Jason Garrett, then he's on a super low backup quarterback contract. Anybody else is going to be making more.
1: Right, and remember one thing also. They are not bringing a backup quarterback in next year to compete to start or someone who thinks they should be a starting quarterback. Because, right. like you know, Phil uh, Exactly. Or, or I even even someone even lower grade than that. I mean, they're not going to bring in a uh, Fitzpatrick type of guy who has started in the past. I mean, they're looking for somebody who clearly who has to come in in an emergency situation. And like we say every year, when your quarter your starting quarterback goes down for multiple weeks. Much more often than that, your season, for all intents and purposes, is over. So this team does not have the luxury of trying to bring in two quarterbacks to compete. This isn't Georgia where they bring in all these five-star guys and let them duke it out. They've invested in Daniel Jones. They, you know, st- actually what stuck their neck out to draft him, a whole year starting last year. He's the quarterback. They just need somebody to come in to, you know, in case a safety net in case he goes down.
0: And not for nothing, they're going to pick a guy who's been around the league. That doesn't mean that he's, you know, started a whole bunch. That's not necessarily true. Just somebody who knows how the league works, knows how to watch film. I mean backup quarterbacks, you know, even if they don't play a single down, are some of the more intelligent people in the league. Yeah. They, they have to go to a lot of meetings. and, and they we, have to know everything.
1: And the nice thing about Alex Tanney is you have him in-house and it's not like something there's going to be a bidding war for his services. I mean, it's true. It's not, and you know, I've seen some people say, "Well, what about bringing Kyle Letta back?" It's like, well, well you're what? not going to
0: back him up with somebody who's very young.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not going
0: to draft somebody it, or, or, or take a guy like Lowé. Right. Yeah, no.
1: What's the What's the point? I mean, I know there's a familiarity bias with a lot of people because just because you remember him because he used to be part of your team, that doesn't mean he's you know more valuable or more important than anybody else in the league. You know, I, I hear these things all the time, like, you know, bringing back, you know, Pepper Johnson as a coach, for example. Oh, by the way, he just got fired after one game in the XFL. So let's <laughs> come, let's calm down with that. But, you know, just because, like, oh, it would be great if Mark Pavaro can come in and coach the tight ends. Well, he played here 20, 30 years ago. Like, GMs don't think like fans do. You know, there is no familiarity bias. Just because you know who Kyle Aletta is does not mean the Giants should go out and get him. So,
0: yeah. So in the in the coming weeks, we're going to be going through uh, position groups. So we'll do uh, one week will be two offensive positions, and then the next week will be two defensive positions, and we'll kind of flip up like that because they kind of feed off of each other. But we're going to pick e- for for each position group, we're going to kind of go over who's on the roster, what that, what the state of that position group is for the Giants and then go through some free agent possibilities to fill in any gaps. And we're also going to talk draft at the same time because they do kind of work hand in hand. You're sure. not going to not sign somebody in free agency because you have a shot at them in the draft, but you are definitely going to sign people if there is no availability in the draft, etc. Et um And, you know, as we already said with offensive line, there's, certainly the possibility of doubling up on certain positions in free agency and the draft.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's play the quick little game grump that we have always been playing now for you know ten years or so. Our top five. You know, as we get ready to start our position breakdowns next week. what are the top five needs right now of this of this roster.
0: <sighs> um I, I think tackle is a really, really big need. Um I I also think that center is a really big need as well. Um, I think we're set okay in terms of starters at the guard position. Um, So center and tackle are really high up there. Edge rusher is is a big problem. Inside linebacker is a problem. And I would say free safety is a problem.
1: I think you just nailed uh, everyone And I would say. Um, I also would say I would try to get Either in free agency or in the draft, I would try to get a, a an outside wide receiver, a guy who's a real burner, a guy who can really stretch a deep in offense. I think we oh, need absolutely, yeah, we, we need one more of those guys. We have a we have a few number twos. We don't have a number one. And I agree with you. I I, don't I know, just don't
0: think that one cracks the top five for me.
1: Uh, it, that probably would be like six, five and a half to six yeah. to me. I think your top five. Pretty much nailed the same top five I did. Uh you know, John Jalapio is out for the year. We don't have a starting center right now. And even when we did
0: Spencer Pulley is on the roster, but that's not a starting I mean, that's a it's, guy that's a yeah. guy who couldn't I mean, beat I out I John Jalapio. I said <laughs> it last year. I mean it's it, getting getting that middle three to, to work together and be real road graders between the center and two guards, that does so much For both Saquon Barkley in the running game and Daniel Jones and his ability to move up in the pocket when pressure comes around the side. There's always going to be speed rushers faster than a tackle on certain plays. Uh, And also outside blitzes from slot corners and things like that. There's always going to be pressure on the sides. Having nowhere to step up in the pocket is a big problem for quarterbacks. Sure. So... Uh, I, I said it last year centers a super important position and, and I think John Jalapio is okay he's he wasn't a travesty but he's certainly a spot that needed to be upgraded injury
1: or not yeah and he's out for the year so I mean now it has to be done so uh, yeah I, I, I'm kind of on on board with you the same five you know basic needs and I, it'll be interesting to see how those five needs are addressed you know if they're addressed immediately with free agency or they Wait for the draft, and then how high up in the draft that they actually do, you know, address these needs.
0: The the, the draft is sort of a crapshoot. If you're doing it right, you're just kind of taking it what falls to you—the best talent that's there. Um, You know, obviously, that's a little different when you draft super high in the first round. You kind of have some options. You know,
1: I mean, we'll do this kind of little little game each week as well. You know, the draft is about uh, two months away, probably little over two months away
0: it's late april
1: yeah so. will the giants be drafting number four
0: oof i mean as of right now i say yes but my opinion can change especially in light of phil rivers news i mean that is that is a prime spot for san diego whatever
1: los, what they, los angeles, angeles now? that's
0: correct I can't keep tracking well I, that is a prime position for NBA i don't know to where
1: to opinion. look at these things yeah, where you know when you have Tom Brady and you have Philip Rivers out there, you know what does that mean? Does a team like the Chargers that has to sell tickets right now, you know, do they decide to sign Tom Brady to one or two years to get people in the building? And does that, you know, does that mean they they don't need a quarterback, or do they do draft a quarterback but don't feel the need to have to trade up to get it to give up assets because they'll have Brady for a year or two? I mean, I don't know.
0: Look, I know this is a pedantic detail to the bigger point that you're making, but I just do not see Tom Brady leaving New England. And if he does, I really don't see him in L.A. with the Chargers. That man knows he's got – he he can play still, but he's got limited time to get more rings and I think that's the legacy he wants to leave.
1: I think, at the, I think at the end of the day, I think he will stay with New England too. I think all of this is a – I mean – You look at the the, the statements that we really say about Philip Rivers and about Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady was about we are going to let him go through the process of being a free agent. That's different than the Chargers saying thank you for your services. You'll always be a Charger. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I mean, the Chargers have no interest in bringing back Rivers. I think you know if it was up to up to the Patriots, he would be back. So, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I tend, but my point is, there are going to be some free agents in play that some guy, right. some teams that obviously would have have a need for quarterback may or may not reach and trade up to get that guy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the Giants are going to, stay, as of right now, I, I agree with you. I think they'll stay at four for right now, and I don't think it's got anything to do with Will and doesn't like to trade down. I just think. He's going to try to get the best deal possible. I'm not sure if those deals are really going to be out there, and I could be wrong. I agree with that. But yeah. I, I think it's, it's- again w-
0: picking four. It's a high commodity, but it's not so high that it really is going to be talked about now. You know, closer right. to draft night, probably maybe it's much more in play as that that deadline becomes impending, and
1: some free agency has already happened. But we've seen we've but seen It's, big it's not the first overall pick, you right? Know? We've seen big. You know, league altering trades happen when guys trade up to like four. I mean the sure. the, yeah. oh, the yeah. Eagles trade, you know, to get uh what the hell's their quarterback's name? Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz. That was a trade up to four, I believe. And you know, that was a uh I think I think it was a trade up
0: and then a second trade up, wasn't it? I I, I think they moved up twice, once a couple weeks before, and then once like the day before the draft.
1: Right, right. But to the point is also. It's it's possible, but still. It's possible, right. But four, you do not control your own destiny. I mean, you don't get your pick of the litter. If you're one or two, you pretty much get to pick whoever you want on the board. When you start getting down Mm -hmm. to four, then it becomes, you know, you're still getting an elite talent, but just maybe not, you know, the. The highest guy you think it is. So there is a difference in, in, in your draft board for that and your know, decision making.
0: That's right. So that's what you can expect in the coming weeks. Uh, much more in-depth. We're going to talk specific people. And um, in between episodes, you can find me on Twitter at football underscore grump, talking all things draft.
1: You catch me as always at the Cranky Fan with a lot going on. You know, Like I said, pitchers and catchers reported today. So we'll be talking Tampa Bay Rays. We'll be talking the Knicks winning four out of five. You know, all is not hopeless, even though it probably is. Um, you know, we'll be obviously talking about pre pre free agency and pre draft Giants. And uh, one last thing, quick, I want to say, Grump is um, kudos to the Giants for not raising season ticket prices again. And the Giants and the Knicks are, you know, they're messes right now. But the one thing they are very consistent on is when they don't make the playoffs, ticket prices don't go up. So, you know, be thankful for that, that we don't have complete pricks as owners in that regard.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm internally grateful for that. Hey,
1: you know something? People bitch. I, I am. That's not sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. That's not sarcasm at all. It's not cheap. It is not cheap. So, and it's something that, you know, you may feel like, you know, the owner's a bunch of rich billionaires who don't care about the fans. They do. It's just sometimes it's just not the way that they constantly show it like you would like to be coddled by the ownership. So this is definitely a bone that says we get it. We understand that this is bad. You know, we're not uh we're not going to try to gouge you until we start winning again.
0: But what is cheap? Is this podcast because it's free <laughs> on all things iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um and Podbean. So if just go there and subscribe. It's free, and all these episodes will be ready for you to listen to on your Tuesday morning drive to work.
1: Yeah, and uh, it would be really helpful if you gave us a five star rating and a nice friendly review. Uh, you know, let us know what you think of the show. You know, what what you like, what you don't like, what you want us to talk more about. You know, if you want me to put mute on the Grumps' microphone, so you have to hear him anymore. That's Perfectly fine as well, but... Uh, Understandable. Yeah, yeah five-star review and a nice rating would be really nice. Or a reverse.
0: All right, <laughs> All right everyone, let's go Guardians. <laughs>
1: Shut up. <laughs>